This is an ABC podcast. G'day, friends. It's Ruby here, and this is news time. Hello, Ruby. Today, we are going to find out how zookeepers keep creatures cool when it's hot. We'll take a trip to the moon to see if we can tell the time. And back here on Earth, some Indigenous cricket legends are preparing to honour a special place. We'll catch a ride with a hitchhiking possum, and then the part that's always worth waiting for... We're out the week. That's right. OK, ready? Let the countdown begin. Story number five. Australian summers get pretty warm, especially if you're hanging around outside. Animals of all sizes can get hot and bothered, especially if they're used to being in a country that's cooler. Elephants, lions, monkeys, giraffes and tigers. Yep. So how do you think zookeepers keep animals cool? For the elephants, they would put mud on them because that's how elephants keep cool. Give them lots of water, give them a little shelter. Good ideas. This summer, zoos across Australia have been doing things like using frozen ice blocks to keep animals cool and stay hydrated. That means it's getting enough water into its body to be able to work properly. Some zookeepers at the Currumbin Wildlife Sanctuary in southeast Queensland made an extra special snack for their resident, Gus the Tasmanian Devil. They made him bloodsicles, a frozen mixture of blood and water. Yuck! Yeah, it might not sound very tasty to us, but Tasmanian devils are carnivores, so they need the water and blood to stay healthy. And zookeepers are freezing other things too. Probably things that they eat, like a lion would probably be like meat, but a hippo would probably be meat too. Definitely grass, because a lot of animals eat grass. At Wildlife HQ on the Sunshine Coast, lemurs have been treated to hibiscus flower ice blocks. And spider monkeys and sun bears get blended fruit and ice. At SeaWorld Marine Park on the Gold Coast, polar bears Hudson, Nelson and Mishka have air-conditioned dens to sleep in and a chilled saltwater pool because they come from the Arctic where everything is frozen. In their, like, little place, they'd probably have, like, ice and all that because they come from an icy place. Some animals overheat if they don't have enough shade or water. And, just like humans, it's the young and the elderly who are most at risk. Zookeepers say you can help your pets keep cool with icy treats too. Maybe, next summer, you can make your cat a frozen fish on a stick. Mm Mm-mm. Story number four. When astronauts are floating around up in space, how do you think they tell the time? Well, if Australians come, then they can just quickly change it. Like, they'll have a little device and go, OK, Australian time. And then if Americans come up, OK, American time. And if British come up, OK, British time. On the International Space Station, that's right. But now, 
space agencies want to give the moon its own time zone. All of the places that share the same time zone share the same time. Time zones are separated by longitude. They're imaginary lines that run from the North Pole all the way to the South Pole. But in space, there are no time zones, and that can cause some problems for astronauts. Maybe if they go for a long time and it's New Year, they miss all New Year's or Christmas. Sometimes Easter. I would possibly stay there for about two years if I can't tell what time it is because I won't know what the time is and I won't know when to go home. Right now, if you're on a spacecraft, the time there is the same as the time of the country that's operating that spacecraft. But that means it can be very different times on a rocket from France compared to a rocket from America. The worst thing would be like you wouldn't know what day it was because it's all black. Space officials say one single space time zone would make it easier for everybody who's hanging around doing missions on the moon. And so they're trying to figure out how to make it work. Interesting. Very interesting indeed. Story number three. Australians love cricket, and we've been playing it for a long time. Tell me some things you know about cricket. In cricket, one person would throw the ball and the other would have a cricket bat to hit the ball, and then you'd see how far you can hit the ball. Yep. This year, a team of Indigenous cricket legends are preparing to honour a very special place. 35 years ago, there was a team of Indigenous players formed who represented every state and territory in Australia. The man who was the Prime Minister back then, a man called Bob Hawke, even played against them before they headed out on a tour of England. While they were there, the Indigenous team played 26 one-dayers and won 16 of them. Exciting, but also exhausting because like you would travel overseas for a long time and then you would work really hard and be exhausted. Exhausted and super proud. This team was following in the footsteps of another all-Indigenous cricket team. All the way back in 1868, Australia's first ever international Indigenous touring team started up. There were 13 Indigenous stockmen from Victorian sheep stations in it. They played 47 matches and won 14 of them. They also lost 14 and tied the rest. Wow. Now there's a reunion being organised for both of these teams, as well as for the little town of Edenhope where everything started. Locals in Edenhope want people to remember the town's amazing cricketing history. Because they were the first ones and cricket is a lot to other people. Might not be to you, but it is to a lot of other people. Go Aussies! Story number two. Okay, close your eyes for a second. Imagine that you are a possum. Now, imagine you're in the back of a truck, thousands of kilometres from the tree that you call home. How would you feel? 
Scared, frightened, worried. Yep, I think you've just perfectly described how Queenie felt. Queenie is a possum who was found in a truck by removalists while they were unpacking it. They'd driven from Sydney in New South Wales all the way up to the Gold Coast in Queensland. And when they arrived, they opened up the back of the truck and there was a six-month-old ringtail possum curled up inside. Well, if I was that possum, I'd probably be banging on the door the whole way. Me too. The removalists took Queenie to the vet, who said she was in surprisingly good health after all that time without food and water. Then it was time to figure out how to get Queenie home to Sydney. A group of wildlife carers set up something called a car relay. Somebody runs down, they run back up, then they give you something, then you run, then you do it to the next person, then they run and then just keeps going. Yes, one carer drove for a few hours and then passed Queenie safely over to another carer who drove another few hours and so on. That would be good because then they wouldn't have to drive as far and then the people who are closer will get there sooner. Queenie's not the only creature to accidentally travel a long way from home. Not long ago, a family of quolls from Cairns accidentally got shipped to Melbourne in a box of pumpkins. Wow. Travel safe, Queenie. And now, the moment we've all been waiting for. Wow of the week. This story made me go wow because the dog would alert the family that Charlie can't control his body and that he needs help. Seven-year-old Charlie lives in Canberra and has a hard time remembering things and solving problems. Charlie is autistic and he lives with a heart condition and an intellectual disability. He also has regular seizures. That's when there's too much electricity in his brain and his body gets stiff and moves around by itself. Sometimes the seizures can stop Charlie from being able to breathe properly. He's always hooked up to medical equipment to monitor his health. Unfortunately, that means Charlie can't go to school and has to spend a lot of time in hospital. Charlie's mum, Melissa, wanted him to have a friend. So she found a chocolate brown puppy for Charlie. They called him Elton. Elton is an assistance dog and helps Charlie stay calm when he gets sick. There's people who are in a wheelchair and then the assistant dog, if they drop something, the assistant dog can pick it up and stuff. Elton can tell when Charlie's going to have a seizure and he barks to let the family know. Just so he knows that he'll be all right and he's got somebody special to support him. Yeah. Elton also hops on top of Charlie and gives him a big hug so Charlie feels safe. Charlie takes Elton to hospital with him because Elton is an assistance dog and so he's specially trained to be on his best behaviour. All the doctors and nurses love talking to Charlie about Elton. Well done, Elton. And that is it for this week, my friends. Thanks, Ruby. Don't forget to do the quiz. You'll find it in the show notes. 
I'll catch you next time with five brand new stories. Bye. See you later. Or, as they say in Japanese, sayonara. Newstime is an ABC Kids Listen podcast. For other awesome podcasts to play, music to move to, and stories and soundtracks for sleep, download the ABC Kids Listen app. It's free from your app store.